it all. All right. Anybody got a word on your heart this morning? Anything you need to do? I'm not ready. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I just say I really appreciated our Sunday session. It was uh, very helpful to me. And uh, Carol does such a good job. The Lord has really helped him with it. It was wonderful. Amen. Thank the Lord. Anybody else? Thing you need to do. All right. If not, turn your Bibles to Mark chapter number five. Mark chapter number five. God laid a thought on my heart at the beginning of the week. And, uh, well, let's just say I fought with it. I guess I want to be mean, not sweet. Amen. I think Lord's going to let me be sweet this morning. We'll see about that. Amen. But, uh, it is good to be in the Lord's house this morning. I tell you what, if you're not careful, uh, we'll let the devil steal our joy of what happened last week. Let me say that again. If we're not careful, we'll let the devil try and destroy the joy that we had last week. So we'll come in the house of God, and, and I'll just tell you a little bit how the devil works. We'll look around, and we'll think, well, there should have been more here. I'm guilty as charged. And you know what will happen if we're not careful? The devil try and rob us of our joy of what happened last week. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, we ought not to let the devil rob us of any joy that's come by our way. Amen. Uh, he likes to do that. And uh, let's not let him do that this morning. Let's continue uh, in the revival. Let's keep revived. Amen. Let's not let the fire uh, die out. If you found your place in Mark chapter number 5, you would please stand. Mark chapter number 5. Uh, verse 22 and verse 23. If you found your place, say amen. 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 All right. The Bible says this. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, uh, the him that he saw there is Jesus. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Boy, ain't you glad for the day that you fell at his feet. Thank God. The Bible said, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Let me read that one more time. It may get real this morning. The Bible said, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Let's pray. Dear God, we come to you this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace. God, thank you, Father, for laying this thought on my heart. Dear God, for you, even uh, before I even knew, God, what was going to take place. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for everything that you've done for us, God. God, everything you're going to do. And God, help us this morning as your people to stay stirred up about the things of God. Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that you not let 
uh, uh, the revival uh, spirit we feel here in our soul this morning to uh, lo- uh, uh, help us not to lose it. Father and God, we pray that You'd help us to stay excited about the things of God, whether it re- re- be rebuke, whether it be exhortation. Father God, we pray that You'd help us to stay excited about the cross and what You've done for us. Father, we love You. We thank You, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want to preach this morning on this thought at the point of death. At the point of death. And before we get started this morning, before we begin, I want to say a few things about this book of Mark this morning. And then I want to look at our text this morning and take a look uh, at what is going on here in our context. Now, as I've said many times before, in the book of Mark is an action book. Amen. I've said that and you ought to understand that by now as many times I've said it. Amen. But the book of Mark is an action book. And I'm glad this morning that our God is still a God of action. Hey, you know what happened last week? God showed how much of an action God that He is. I'm telling you, friend, He moved in this place and He come back. Jesus passed by our way. Friend, I'm glad this morning that God is not dead, but He's alive and He's well and He ain't finished yet. Amen. Friend, listen, this book of Mark in the Word of God this morning, it's alive. And the book of Mark as well. And the God who put this in His Word of God for an English-speaking people is still alive and He's still well. My friend, listen, not only is the book of Mark an action book, but the God of heaven who wrote it is an action-filled God. Ain't you glad for that this morning? We ain't saved by feelings as Brother Rick said. But I'm glad that I can feel it. Hey friend, I'm telling you this morning, ain't you glad that we don't serve some dead God this morning, but we serve the real and the true and the living God. Hey friend, ain't you glad? Amen. I'm glad that God's still in the saving business. Hey, His business ain't bankrupt. Amen. He's still saving souls. I'm glad I can feel His presence. I'm glad He can still yet come down from heaven and still yet touch people with cancer. God can still do that. Amen. We don't do it by smacking people on the head. We do it by getting on an old-fashioned altar and praying to God and let God heal them. Now, He don't heal them all. But He can heal them. It's His will. Friend, God's not dead. He's alive. And I don't know about you, I didn't have to watch a movie to tell me that. Amen. Amen. You read your Bible, it'll show you God's not dead. He's alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Friend, we don't uh, serve some dead God. We serve the living God. He's the God this morning that put the sun where it's at. He's the God this morning that put the clouds in the sky. He's the God this morning that created all the stars. I went and took Brother Chris home and his daddy said, sometimes I just get outside and I get to look at the stars and seeing how little I am and seeing how big God is. And then we began to look up. And as I was looking up, this is what he said. He said he knows every one of their names. And he said, from standing right here, we can only see a few. That's our God, friend. Think about that just for a second. He's the same God that came down last week. I'm just going to preach and say to this. That's not the same God that we're worshiping this morning. He didn't change from Friday to 
this morning. Amen. He's still gone. Friend, I'm glad our Don's not dead. He's alive and he's full of action. Friend, there's some company in America this morning. Uh, there are some people in our day and in our world which we live who got together one day and decided to make a mockery out of the Word of God. Hear me well. They put together some kind of so-called Bible uh, that looks like a comic book and they call it an action Bible. I'm glad this morning I don't need a comic book. I need the Word of God. And you can get the Word of God and see that God is full of action. Friend, listen. It's full. It's filled with action. And not only does the action show up within the pages, but as a child of God reads the Word of God, the action will show up in their eyes. Hey, that's an action book. Something puts you into action. Amen. Ain't you glad for the day that it puts you into action? Friend, I'm glad this morning the book of Mark is a book that's filled with some action, but I'm glad that our King James Bible is a book full. It's action-packed, friend. You can see God uh, heal the blind. You can see God raise the dead. You can see God come by and make a way when people thought there was no way. And then guess what He'll do for us? The same exact way. Boy, that's an action book. Friend, Mark is an action-packed book that's been packed inside of an action-filled Bible. Thank God. And that's the one and the only, hear me well, the inerrant, the infallible King James Bible. Thank God if you've got a King James Bible, you've got the Word of God. But preacher, it's a copy of a copy of a copy. Well, maybe it is. But I'm telling you, it's right for English-speaking people. Thank God. Hey, friend, I've said it before, don't tamper with the Word of God. But friend, in this wonderful book this morning, if you were to open it up this morning, the book of Mark, if you were to flip to chapter number 1, you'd see this morning that Mark explains just exactly uh, what is the Gospel. The Bible said in Mark chapter 1, verses 1-2, through two, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Bible said, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Friend, here we see that Mark this morning uh, in chapter number 1 uh, would be introducing the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's where this morning, not John the Methodist, it's where this morning, not John the Presbyterian, it's where this morning, not John the uh, Lutheran, amen, but it's where John the Baptist came in preaching the Word of God. Amen. I'm glad this morning for the day that, uh, uh, that I turned from my sins. See, John, he came preaching repent of sin. He said you can't be baptized till you repent. Amen. He said something has got to change in your life and need to be baptized. Hey, I didn't mean to say all this, but we might get to baptize Alyssa here in a little bit and that ain't going to save her. What saved her is the day she trusted in Christ as her Savior. That's what saved us all, is it not? Friend, I'm glad for the day I turned from sin and turned to Christ. Yeah, and I'm glad for the day that He washed my sin away. I'm glad to be able to say I've been saved and forgiven, set free all as well. No, I'm not going to hell. And I'm glad that one day the Gospel began in my life. Aren't you? I'm glad to see the Gospel took root in my life. And you know, it's kind of like corn. Corn don't start growing until it dies. I'm glad, thank God, the day I died out to myself, I began to grow. But in the day you die out to yourself, you'll begin to grow in Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Well, anyhow, I'll try to preach in a minute. Friend, the gospel began in my life. What a great, wonderful feeling it is just to be saved. Friend, it's in the gospel of our that we see the beginning of the gospel. It's this morning where we see the prophecy fulfilled this morning over in Isaiah uh, where the Bible said this. The Bible said in Isaiah 40 and verse number 3, the voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. For in that fulfillment was met right there in the gospel of Mark when John the Baptist came to be a voice that cried in the wilderness. I'm glad this morning in the wilderness of the world and in the desert of the world there's a voice still yet crying to lost sinners to be saved. Friend, that voice spake to my heart. My heart began to pound out of my chest. God saved my soul. Friend, all that more can be found in the book of Mark. That's all I got time to cover in the history. But let's look at what's going on here in chapter number 5. So if you were to go back in this chapter, uh, if you were to back up to verse number 1, this is what you'd find. You look at it. But you'd find this morning that Jesus and His disciples were on a ship. And you'd see that they have now come over unto the other side of the sea. And you'd see that they're in the country of the Gadarenes here. Now, I've looked up a little bit about this country. And this country is said to be located on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And the name of the country is derived from either a lakeside village named Gergasa uh, or from either a... Or the next largest city over called Gadara, or the best known city in the region, which is called Gerasa. But at any rate, this morning we see that they were on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And friend, if you were to read verse number two through verse number four, let's read it. The Bible said verse two through four. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him a man out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. The Bible said, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains. The Bible said, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. So right after Jesus Christ gets up and out of this ship, uh, here comes this man who had a demon uh, in him. Now, we see this morning that he had been dwelling in the tombs and in the place of the dead. And friend, no man could tame the evil spirit that was within this man. But friend, I'm glad this morning when Jesus Christ showed up around this man, He'd done something what nobody else could do. Hey, friend, the Bible said in verse 6 through 8, but when He saw Jesus afar off, He ran and worshipped Him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with Thee, Jesus, Thou Son of the Most High God? I endure Thee by God that Thou torment me not. For He said to Him, Come out of the man, the unclean spirit. Friend, people had tried to tame that spirit for many years. They tried to put chains and fetters on this man and the demons were so bad in him, he just break the chains. But friend, Jesus Christ showed up. And Jesus Christ done what only He can do. And I'm just glad this morning to be able to say that He came by my way one day and done something only Jesus can do. And I'm telling you this morning, ain't you glad that Jesus passed by your way and done something for you that only Jesus can do? Hey, in the context, Jesus Christ came and healed this man. 
Jesus cast the demon out of him. Boy, I know some Baptists see the demons cast out of him. Amen. Well, I'm going to ruin the whole thing. Jesus cast the demon out. He sent the demons into the swine. Now listen, instead of people rejoicing that day, they want to send him away. Listen, uh, the Bible says in verse 16 and 17, And they saw it and told him how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. They began to pray and to depart from their cones. Friend, they had to be some Baptists, amen. <laughs> Got to do something. And we'll come in the next week and say, Lord, you've done something last week, but I don't want to stood no more. So I want to get up. Lord, I, I, it was a good week, but uh, I'm tired. I don't want to be revived no more. We get tired, amen. Body and flesh gets tired. But for him, we see that they wanted Jesus gone. So Jesus, seeing that he wasn't welcome, he went and got back to the ship, verse 18. Then you'll see Jesus said, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm telling the church that we don't want the hand of God here. God will knock on the door. We'll say, God, we don't want you here. Ain't God go somewhere else. Amen. We got to keep wanting him here. Amen. The Bible said in verse 21, when Jesus passed over again by shipping to the other side, much people gathered unto him. See, he wasn't wanted in one place. But then he comes somewhere else. They said, We want this man right here. I'm not preaching, old man. I got heard. Jesus pulls up. People begin to come to him. What happens next is where I want to draw from this morning. The Bible said, verse 22 and 23. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. The Bible said, besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Friend, here comes this man named Jairus, who was a ruler during these days. His little daughter here in the Word of God is at the point of death. She's about to die. Could you imagine uh, the people there and how they were crying, how they were screaming, uh, how they were praying for God to just do something for this little girl's daughter. Friend, he must have heard about Jesus at some point in his life. I mean, friend, Jesus pulls up in the boat, in the ship, and here comes this man running to him. I believe he heard about it from somewhere. Maybe he had a personal experience with him. I don't know, but he's heard about it. Friend, he knew what Jesus Christ could do for his daughter. And so this man began to pray and to say, Please come to my daughter. You're my daughter's only hope. And friend, this man began to beg and to beseech Jesus greatly. And he knew this morning that if Jesus would just put his hands on the little girl, she could be healed. Friend, we see this morning that Jesus didn't waste any time at this man's request. Listen, uh, the Bible says in verse 24, and Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now that word thronged this morning means crowded. So Jesus was there. He's going to see this girl, this man's daughter, and people are crowding all around him. I mean, could you imagine the scene? Hey, if we just crowd around Jesus in our day, it'd be amazing of what we'd see. We're too crowded around TV. We're too crowded around cell phones. We're too crowded around thinking about everything else except me. Too crowded about worrying about what he's going to do and worried about what we've got to do. Anyhow, they're crowded around him here. And most of you know the story this morning how while Jesus was on his way to the daughter of Jairus this morning, most of us know how the lady which had an issue of blood come and touch the hem of Jesus' garment while he was on his way. 
And as soon as she touched His garment, it was her faith that made her whole, not the touch. And we know this morning that virtue came out of Jesus. But friend, as Jesus was on His way to see the daughter of Jairus, there was a person of the ruler's house, to get a hold of this, who ran out to meet Jesus and all those that were with Him. And this is what they said. Listen, the Bible says in verse 35, While He yet spake, there came out from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the Master any further? Boy, that's faith. Why even worry about it? She's dead, it's done. Well, if we're not careful, church, you'll say, what's the point? Where did I do my If we're not careful, we'll get to the place we've tried and we've tried and we've tried and we've tried to help them, tried to invite them. Why are you fooling me more? Tell you why. Faith in God will do something in their life. Anyhow, here we see. This is what they said. Uh, this one who ran out was a man who had no faith. Couldn't have. He said, why bother Jesus any longer? She's dead. Doesn't matter anyway. Why, why even bother Jesus? Forgot what Jesus had done. Uh, for him in the past. I mean, he's seen, no doubt, him heal some folks or they wouldn't have been running to him. But I wonder how many people the devil tried to tell you about, tried to tell about you and about me that it's too late for them. Hey, aren't you glad for them that somebody said, you might say it's too late, but I'm going to pray for them anyhow. Ain't you glad this morning for him when it didn't look like you'd ever change that the only one who came by and changed is the Lord Jesus. Hey, friend, we see Jesus in verse 36. The Bible said, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. When Jesus Christ said those words, Be not afraid, only believe. We see He comes into the house in verse 39. Uh, we see that He also says, Why make you this do and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. It's your wrong. Uh, when Jesus said this in verse number 40, you'd see that the people in the house laughed Him to scorn. Oh, that's Jesus. He can't do nothing. We're going to laugh and scorn. She's dead. He can't do anything. Boy, if it's a church... It's a church. We'll get boy. I can't do nothing. We're not careful in our lives. Uh, he's probably asleep like He was on the discipleship. I'm glad He woke up. Ain't you? Jesus said to us, they laughed Him to scorn. Then they put, we see they put them all out. Then Jesus took the mother and father of the damsel. He said, come here. I'll show you all this. And then verse 41, thank God. He takes the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talith kumai, however you say that. But it means arise. Then in verse 42, we see that straightway, which means immediately, the damsel arose and she woke. For she was of the age of 12 years. In our context this morning, we see that this girl was at the point of death. But hallelujah, right? when she is at the point of death. Jesus Christ healed her and made her to live. Friend, I ought to preach to you this morning on this on at the point of death. God rung my bell this week at the point of death. And as we look at this little thought which the Lord's given me, I ought to preach three things this morning. Number one, I want to look this morning at just who it was that was at the point of death. Number two this morning, I want to look at this just who to beseech when at the point of death. And number three, just who went with him 
when she was at the point of death. Now let's get started. Let's look number one at just who it was that was at the point of death. The Bible says, verse 22 and in 23, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Darius by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. The Bible says, saw him greatly, saying, My little daughter, Lad, at the point of death, I pray thee come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Now as we look at our Bible this morning in the context, and as we look at the Word of God and let the Word of God do the talking, as we look at the one this morning who was at the point of death this morning, uh, we see her this morning, the one that's at the point of death was one that you and I might not have ever expected uh, to be at this point. I mean, she's 12 years old. Friend, we look at the Word of God and we see that the one who's at the point of death is not an older person. Amen. We look and we see this morning that the one who's at the point of death was this little, was this man's little daughter. And that word little shows us this morning that she wasn't an older lady. She wasn't a, a, anybody that, that we would expect to be at this point in her life. This little girl who was so young, she is 12. The Bible says in verse 42, and straightway the damsel rose and walked when she was at the age of 12 years. So the girl who was at the point of death might have been expected by you and I this morning to be a lady in her 70s or even in her 80s, which is really not that old to me anymore. Amen. The older I get, that's not old. But if she's been, if she was, uh, would have been in her 70s or 80s or even in her. Uh, excuse me, even in her 80s, her 70s, or even in her 80s, we might have said, well, she's lived a good life. Friend, as you and I get to the point here in the Word of God, we see this little damsel and we see that this lady in the Word of God is not an older lady. She's a little child who had reached that age which most of us would expect for her to be at a point of life and full of joy, but she's at the point of death. The Bible says in Psalm 90 and verse number 10, The days of my years are threescore years and ten. And if my reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Hey, friend, it's in that verse in the book of Psalms that we see the words threescore years and we see the word fourscore years. Now, as we glance at those words this morning, threescore means a total of seventy years. And uh, as we glance at the words of the Word of God, and we see that number uh, uh, three score seventy, and then we see four score, which means eighty years. So uh, now I got to say this uh, about this: as we dig into the context of the Word of God, it's good to know that the Scripture is not telling you that you are guaranteed to live a life of seventy or eighty years. That's not what the Word of God is saying there. Amen. So in the context of Psalm chapter ninety. And in verse number 10, we see the psalmist is speaking here on the behalf of the nation of the land of Israel. And what he's telling him there, telling them here this morning is that they are under the judgment of God because of their disobedience to God under the covenant. Now, in Psalm chapter 90, God was consuming Israel in His fury and His anger against them. Uh, God does get mad when people disobey God. Amen. So He's mad at them because of their disobedience. And it's because of that disobedience this morning that they had to endure being exiled out of the land. That's why they're spread all about 
out this morning, amen, and they've now been scattered abroad. Friend, because of their disobedience, they have had to endure some drought uh, all throughout the Word of God. They had to endure some famine in their land as well because they would not listen. Uh, so we see that they were hungry many times. And even though they were hungry, God did not forsake them and He never will. There is people, but friend, also because of their apostasy from God, because of them not listening to the very covenant and the commandment of God, they had to suffer some things in their life. Now, if you were to go back in that psalm, if you were to read verse number 8, you can look at it if you want to, Psalm 90, uh, verse 8. The Bible said this, The Bible said, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins and the light of thy countenance. I'm going to preach something good in a minute. Just give me, let me get there. Amen? So what that means this morning is that when Israel had sinned in secret, and when they, brought, when they thought that the wrong that they had done was all in secret, well, they thought nobody knew about their sin. There's God in heaven who's right around. We're going to have a good time. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, every time you sin in secret, you're not hiding it from anybody. God knows everything about it. I'm telling you this morning, friend, God burdened my heart with this. I'll try to preach sweet in a minute. But I'm telling you this morning, when you get alone and you look on your smartphone that makes us stupid people, amen, and we'll get it to us. I preached to Nathan Jones this morning. But I'm telling you this morning, friend, if when you're in secret, God knows what you're Amen. You get on the internet, on the computer, and you think nobody's looking and nobody's watching you. I'm telling you, God knows what you're looking at. If I was to take your cell phone this morning, I'm not going to do it, so don't get nervous. But if I was to take your cell phone this morning and lay it down where everybody can see it, would you be nervous? I'm telling you, not careful. Get a mess real fast. Amen. He knows what you look at when no one's around. He knows the thoughts that go through our head when no one's around. I'm glad you got a mercy this morning, but I'm telling you this morning, He knows what you've done. You might be here with some secret sin in your life. I don't know. You might be doing something wrong in your life when you think nobody's looking, but I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that knows. He knows. This ain't popular either, amen, but it's the truth. You might be doing something behind a closed door and you might think that you got by with some secret sin in your life. But I'm telling you, friend, you might hide that sin from mommy and daddy. You might hide that sin from brother and sister. Most of those ain't got, they ain't here, but you might hide it from them. You might hide it from the preacher and the deacons. You might hide it from everybody in your family. There's one person you'll not hide it from, friend. That's God. I tell you, friend, until we get broken over sin, we're in a mess. What's wrong with churches and, and our nation today is we go out and sin and nobody cares. We don't care about it. But friend, I'm telling you, God knows about your secret sin. He has the number of your very hair. He knows how much hair you got or don't got. Amen. Listen, He knows what you do when you're alone in secret. And friend, not only can you not hide your sin from God, but before long you'll not hide it from nobody else either. Listen to me. The Bible said in Numbers 32 and 23, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. Well, I was talking to a man one time. God was bringing my bell for each. I'll never forget what he said. I ended up 
And I don't think less because of this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I threw my toothbrush up against the wall, and I was mad at my wife for no reason. I was running from God. broke my arm. God put me in a cast and had a word for six weeks. Boy, that's funny. Amen. And, and, and I broke my arm. And they said, man, there at the church. And he, he was smart at us, what he does. And he said, he said, be sure you're simplifying you out, Brother Jones. I said, that's all right, buddy. You wait your turn. But I'm telling you this morning, friend, he's right. I was running from God. My sin found me out. Friend, you might be here this morning. You might be like the children of Israel in the Word of God in that song. You might think you can hide your sin from everybody. You might think you can hide your wrong from everybody. But I'm telling you this morning, you'll not hide it from God. It don't matter if you're saved or lost this morning. You're doing some secret sin. Hey, get out of it this morning. Amen. Friend, you want to have victory in your life? I'm trying to help you this morning the best I can. You want to have victory and live for God? Get sin out of your life. And live for Christ. I'm telling you, friend. Now listen, I didn't mean to get into all that. But after all this morning, it is because of sin that we have death in this land anyhow. Friend, I'm not saying it's because of her sin that this lady was at the point of death, but if sin had entered, had entered, entered into this world, then she had never been laying there. Friend, listen, the Bible said in Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Well, who's that? Adam, amen. He sinned the Garden of Eden. Ever since they done that, there's been sickness, there's been death. And friend, I hope all of us are saved this morning, but if you're here without God, it's that sin in your land that's going to cause death in your land. Friend, listen this morning. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. And if you're lost, don't think you're going to slip by this morning. Don't think you're going to slip through the crack, amen. You're going to either, if you don't get right with God and get saved, you're going to hell. But for the lost in death, their ways a place called hell. But death for the child of God is just the beginning. Can I preach now? Friend, I'm glad to be able to say it this morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by I'm going to fly away. My soul's going to fly away and be with Jesus Christ. Hey, it's yours. Friend, I'm telling you the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8, we that are saved and born again are confident. You know, when you have confidence in somebody, you can tell them something and expect them to keep it between you and them. Or you can take somebody when you've got confidence in them and you can take their word. I'm telling you, friend, I'm confident. The Bible said we that are saved are confident and I say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You know, the Bible, a lot of folks misquote that. They say going to be uh, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible says and. I believe that's faster than he is. Amen. I don't know. But friend, listen to me this morning. I cannot speak for everybody else, but I'm glad Nathan Jones one of these days is going to put off what you're looking at right now and I'm going to be glorified. Friend, I ain't going to be back no more. I don't guess. I don't know. But I'm telling you, friend, something's going to be different. Something's going to be changed. Hey, friend, I'll be running around and not getting out of breath. Hey, ain't you glad this morning just to be saved? Friend, what a day. Hallelujah. I'm going to lay this old flesh down one of these days. Thank God. Hey, can I just meddle a little bit? I've known you for a pretty good while. Brother J.R. sweats a lot, amen. He gets tired. One day, brother, you're saved. We ain't going to lay it down. 
Hey, we're going to lay it down one of these days. Brother Lester's got arthritis. Sometimes he can't hardly move. One of these days, he's going to run like I've never seen him run before. I'm not even trying to chase him, catch up with him. Hey, I tell you what, friend, are you happy this morning? We're going to a better land. Thank God, friend. Death ain't the final stop if you're Satan and born again because for the child of God, death has been swallowed up in victory and victory happened the day we got saved. Hey, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 54, so in this corruptible shall it put on incorruption and this mortal shall it put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Amen. Friend, that word victory means the defeat of an enemy in the battle. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, ain't you glad for the day God saved your soul? I mean, there was a battle going on. Do I stay in my pew? Do I, do I come up? Where have you got saved yet? Do I, do I ask Christ to save me? Do I not? It's a battle. What happened the day you got saved? You gave the devil a black eye. Hey, man. He ran and tucked his tail between his legs and barked like a little dog and hit the rock. Hey, man. Friend, don't ever do that. But I'm telling you, that's what happened, friend. Listen, in this particular verse, that word victory means the defeat of an enemy in a battle. Friend, glory to God, the day you and I got saved, victory over the enemy we got. And one of these days, we'll have victory again. You say, what do you mean, preacher? He'll never be able to whisper in your ear that you're lost again. He'll never be able to come at you again. And we'll see a man thrown in the lake of fire. Never be out Hey, ain't you glad of that? The sting of death for the child of God's been taken away. Because that's the day we start living. Oh, friend. Oh, Solomon said, vanity, vanity. All is vanity on this side of the world. He said, but the life lived for God. Mm. I don't know about you. I'm not living in vain this morning. God saved my soul. The Bible said in Hebrews 9 and 7. And it is appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment. Did you know that you've got an appointment? And I'm not talking about going to the doctors and sitting for three hours. I don't know why you have to do that. But it blows my mind. You get an appointment for 945 and they'll see you at 12 o'clock. It'll make no sense. I'm telling you this morning. We've all got an appointment. That word appointed in the word of God means fixed, set, established, decreed, ordained, constituted, or allotted. And friend, each and every one of us sitting here this morning have an appointment or something called death. Like it, lump it, love it, or hate it. Unless we go by way of the rapture now. And I hope that everyone in this building here knows without the shadow of a doubt, well, they'll spend eternity at. You know, death is not a respect for persons. All people have to face this thing. But friend, for the child of God, death's been swallowed up in victory. Friend, it's good to be saved. But, and we see in our scripture just who it was that was at the point of death. It was this roller's young girl. See, this man was rich. This man had it all. Yeah, uh, death being no respect for a person. His little daughter is lying dead. Now listen, uh, she's 12 years old. You might say, well, preacher, that's not fair. I agree, but it's God. And he knows what he's doing. But friend, she's lying You've got an appointment with it. If it's your time, you're going to go. 
Amen. The best thing you need to do is get ready. And as a matter of fact, I can't help myself this morning, but last Friday night, can I preach? Last Friday night, there's a little girl here. And she is laying there at the point of death. And thank God something came back and saved her soul from a devil's hell. I'm telling you this morning, friend, thank God. Hey, friend, listen, man. God put this together, friend. This little girl in the Word of God is at the point of death. And death don't care how old or how young you are. It's been appointed, but the best thing about the appointment this morning is that you know where you're going with the appointment and you me. I'm glad I know where I'm going. Hey, friend, we looked at just who it was at the point of death. Now let's look number two at just who to besiege. We're at the point of death. Listen here. Hearing the word of God this morning, verse 23, the Bible said, besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. Right here in the word of God, we see this man. When he found out that his daughter was at this point of death, we see that he just went and he sought Jesus. Hey, friend, we see this man didn't seek Buddha this morning. We see this man didn't seek the future this morning. We see this man said, He didn't go to the doctor this morning. Morning, friend, I'm telling you, he went straight to somebody where he could get some help. Hey, man, he said, I ain't gonna mess with nobody else. I'm going to Jesus. Friend, aren't you glad for the day you knew you needed some help? Oh, Brother Rick said, uh, if we need revival, we're gonna have to realize we need some help. Boy, if you're gonna get saved, you have to realize you need some help. Hey, man. Friend, you might have tried every program. I don't know. You might have tried every uh, prayer that you know how to pray. Uh, you might have tried to turn over every new leaf. There's a man at work. He's turned over so many new leaves. Now, they, I mean, what happens is they turn brown on the other side. You go outside and you turn over a leaf. You let it stay on the pavement for a while. You see if that thing will turn brown. No good. Then you got to turn over another leaf. Then you got to turn over another leaf. And then you got to keep turning over. I'm glad God saved you. The leaf turns over. Friend, I don't ignore that. Aren't you glad for the day in which you turned it over to Jesus? Friend, we could have done like the disciples when they were out on the ship. We could have tried to row and row and row and do it all on our own. But friend, when they cried out loud to Jesus, that's when the storm comes. Boy, there's a storm of sin raging in my life one day. Brother J.R. Thought I had it. Thought I could carry it. Then one night I'll run to Jesus. And he carried it. Boy, you ever read about the redeeming of the donkey? They'll lay that sin on one donkey. And he'll carry it far out of the way. Oh, I know the Hey, your sin the day you got saved. Jesus Christ took and carried it. Where don't make God even heal those where it's at? Friend, hey, it's gone this morning. Being washed away. Friend, ain't you glad this morning uh, that in calm our storms, save us from sin? Hey, I'm glad that we can get along with Him and He can show us and help us, friend, along the way. I'm glad for the prayers that He's answered here at this church, aren't you? Hey, this is for us this morning. Amen. And I'm thankful that He hears when we call upon Him. There were some people who besought the Lord for me. Ain't you glad they besought the Lord for you? They said, we well, can't take Him to the doctor. They can't help Him spiritually. 
They said, we've got to crawl. Get up on the face of Jesus. Boy, I watched Brother Chris crawl this altar the other night. God broke my heart. Friend had such a desire to pray for that fellow needs help. We had half that desire in our heart just to please God. We was on the way home and he rolls down the window, starts preaching out the window. He said, Lord God, I hope somebody heard that. Hey, what if we not been on fire for God? There ain't no telling what God. But aren't you glad somebody besought Jesus for you? I say thank God for the people who touch heaven for you and for me this morning. This man named Jairus didn't go to nobody else. His daughter's 12 years old. 12 years old. And I believe, friend, that maybe even the best physician that money could have bought, even if they had tried to heal this girl their best, and maybe if they had done that, this man named Jairus would have watched the doctors as they Shook their head and said, We can't do nothing for them. He said, I know one who can. Free under. I'm glad, thank God. I mean, listen, this girl's situation didn't look so good. It Aren't you glad for the day our situation looked bad? God's filling me up, friend. I don't know about you. Aren't you glad for the day our situation looked bad? Hey, they're out there in sin, they're out in the world. But friend, I'm telling you, ain't you glad that when your situation looked bad, ain't you glad that Jesus Christ made it look a lot better? Hey, friend, I'm glad that somebody knew how to beseech the Lord for me. We see this morning who to besiege when at the point of death. But now let's look at what happened. Boy, this is where it gets good. Let's look, number three, at just who went with him when she was at the point of death. The Bible said right here in verse 24, and Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. Friend, when this man called upon Jesus, Jesus went with him. Oh, my. Side by side, can you imagine? Here's this man walking, Jesus right beside Every step of the way, he looked, and there's Jesus. Friend, when this man called upon Jesus, Jesus went with him. The Bible said in Hebrews 13 and 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, as such things as ye have. For he has said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Bible said in Proverbs 18 and 24, There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, there's been many times that Christ should have left my side. There's been many times he should have kicked me to the curb. But I'm telling you this morning, there's not one time that he's ever left me. He's all Always been by my side, there for me to call on, there for to take me there. Uh, so I call in on the, upon the storms, friend, the line. He's always been there, and he's always been, he always will. And you're saying that morning again, he's not gonna leave you. Hey, he'll stay by your side every step of the way. This man Jesus went with him. Hey, I don't know all about Jerry's situation with God, but it's obvious to see. That the Lord didn't leave him. Listen, Jesus went with him. And as Jesus went with him, we see this man who walked with Jairus. And we see the man who walks with us in our day is none other than that same man, Jesus. Friend, he had so much compassion on this man and his daughter. 
But he had compassion on some people along the way. Now he's with Jairus, but get a hold of this. He's right there with this man, but he stopped when the lady touched his garment. Why'd he do that? He could have kept on going, couldn't he? He could have said, I'm not going to worry with you. That's not Jesus. He could have said, man, I, I don't need you. He said, look at you. You're down the floor crawling, touching him with my garment. It's not what he done. Why? Because he's a man who had compassion. Friend, not only did he have compassion on one person, thank God he had compassion on us all. Friend, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, when He went to the cross of Calvary this morning, He didn't just love one. Hallelujah. He loved them all. I'm glad this morning He loves me, aren't you? Friend, listen, red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in His sight. Friend, He loves every sinner no matter how young or how old. He died and went to Calvary, my friend. He died for all. What a man of compassion. Friend, what a man who would hang there and ask her to beat him and those things. He's looking at the people who stole him and as He watches them cast garments and gamble over His clothes. Or cast lots and gamble over his clothes. Father, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. They mocked me. They scorned me. Put me on a cross. Bowed down and said, Hail, King of the Jews. Said, Come off of there if you're Jesus. A man of compassion. Boy, I don't know about you. I've been ready to throw a punch. I've been ready to climb down off that cross and say, Hey, hey. Jesus didn't do that. He said, I love them. He said, the ones that were out there drinking alcohol last night, I love them. He said, the crack addict out here that can't get off the pipe, he said, I died for them. He said, the gays, the queers over there raising their little rainbow flags, he said, I died for them. He said, the one that murdered a baby just last week, he said, I died for him too. He said, baby's with me. Friend, I'm telling you, what a man. What a man of compassion. Friend, this man that walked with Jairus was a man who had compassion. Even when Jairus was in distress. Listen, old Jairus. He's running and he's in a panic. I mean, think about it. He's in so much distress here in the Word of God. He ran and left his daughter just lying there at the point of death. He said, I got to go. He said, I got to find this man. Friend, he'd heard this man called Jesus. He knew that Jesus was the only one who could help. Friend, I'm telling you, I'm glad that when we have a man, there's only one who can help. Hey, ain't you glad this morning last week? God helped us. Hey, can he do it for us now that revival's over? Well, say we call that meeting revival. But revival won't have to stop. Didn't come from a man. Boy, I tell you what. He was a man of compassion. He was a man who was right on time. Bible said in verse 35, 36. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jairus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid and believe. Listen, this person come running up to the ruler. And all of a sudden, he said, Your daughter's dead. Then coming down to this man named Jesus. Right. He said, Don't worry about that. 
Jesus sleeping. It's okay. Hey, but I, I bet they might have even told him, well, you stopped. If you hadn't stopped for this lady that touched him in an apartment, you might have gotten her before she did. He said, I ain't late. He said, I may not be right on your time. But he said, I'm right on God's time. Friend, how many times have we thought he's just late? But he's right on time. Friend, I believe he's right on time this week, don't you? How many times have we thought, God, I, I've done all that I can do and you're late and, and God, you're not going to work it out. The bank account's about empty. I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, I, I mean, you say you're God. I'm trying to trust you the best I can. But where are you at, God? And then, right on time. There he comes. Oh, friend. Swooping in. Hey, has he been right on time for you? Maybe he ain't, amen. I don't know. I believe he has. Friend, a lot of us were much like this little girl. The world probably thought this too late. No hope for them. Coming down the road came Jesus. Right on time. He's full of compassion. He's right on time. And he's a man who spake peace in a time of trouble. The Bible said in verse 41, And he took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. 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 Boy, ain't you glad. For the day that Christ came to you. Arise. Boy, that's the time I was down in sin. Christ, come on. Arise. It's go. Sin no more. I still mess up and I still fall short. But I'm glad, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. Friend, I'm telling you, aren't you glad that a man who can speak peace like he did? Those disciples were out there on the ship, and he said, "Water." He said, "Peace be still." That's all he had to say. Aren't you glad for the day that you had tumult? You were lost in sin. You had trouble, and Jesus Christ came by, spoke sweet peace to your soul. Friend, I'll never forget. How about you this morning? Are you glad you're saved? Are you glad you know the one this morning who put the stars in the sky? Are you glad you know this morning the one who's right on time every time? Are you glad this morning that you know the one who can take a lost sinner and tell them to rise up out of sin the mess they're in and save their soul from a devil's hell? Are you glad this morning? If you're glad, say amen. Hey man, it's good to be saved. Hey man, I'm done. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, so much for all that you've done for us, all you're going to do. And Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that you'd have your touch be done. God, I thank you for being on time for me. God, when I, I thought that.